If you'll turn to Psalm 104 this morning. We'll read a couple of verses there. Then some other places in the scripture. But before we read, would you would you bow with me as we pray together? Our Father, again as a needy creature and as a needy people, we come. We come unto Thee, we come through Christ, the great mediator, our high priest. Lord, this is Thy work, Thy book. But the intelligence of man will never be sufficient. And most that You call were not wise, They were not mighty. They were not strong. Just creatures dependent upon Thee. My Father, would You exalt, lift high this day Christ our Lord. Open the Word to us, our hearts to it. And come minister unto us by thy spirit we pray in Christ's name amen in Psalm 104 because of its length I will uh, I will not read but a few verses beginning with verse number 16 the trees of the Lord are full of sap the cedars of Lebanon, which he planted, where the birds make their nest, as for the stork, the fir trees, or her house. God has provided for all the beasts of the field, for all creatures. He takes care of them, has provided food, a habitat, and if he will do that for the sparrows, How much more shall he do for we, the people of God, who are striving to reach conformity to the image of his Son, laboring, running after, seeking him? Verse 18, the high hills are a refuge for the wild goats and the rocks for the conies. He appointed the moon for seasons. The sun knoweth his going down. And here's the verse that we will look at this morning. Thou makest darkness. And it's night. Just that thou, speaking about God, makest darkness. Now this is a strange language to the majority of professing Christians today. A God different has been presented to most 
And we would never consider the fact that God makes darkness. He is light. In Him is no darkness at all. But you cannot deny the fact unless you deny the book, God maketh darkness. And when He does, it's night. Wherein all the beasts of the forest do creep. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their meat from God. The sun riseth, they gather themselves together and lay them down in their dens. Now when it has clearly made the statement that the Lord makes darkness, does that mean that God has an active hand Did it not take God to bring order out of disorder, to bring light out of darkness? The condition of the world in the very beginning, void, empty, darkness covered the face of the deep. And it took God to bring light. Let there be light. Took God to bring light from the darkness. Now there's a term that physicists use called entropy. It just simply means that all objects are headed to disorder. The least arrangement of structure. That's all any object It will rot. It will ruin anything not maintained. It's headed back to disorder. All that needs to be done for that to happen is absolutely nothing. For this cause God gave them up. They did not like to retain God in their knowledge. And God just left them alone. Ephraim is joined to idols, Hosea said. Let him alone. The people of God had lost their identity as that of a female. Tender, compassionate, more so than than men, generally speaking, more so. It's not always true. God bringing us, preparing us for that day wherein we will be wed to the great bridegroom, his church. But when people, when people will not retain God in their knowledge, then God is through with them. So all things made by man require an upkeep. You pass by and you've seen old abandoned buildings, houses or barns out in the field, rotting, lumber falling off, the roof falling in, just because they were left alone. Now God had to work to bring form and bring structure 
to the earth. From day one through day five, God was bringing structure to this old world. And He had to replace darkness with light. So the Creator, if we must continue to maintain buildings, possessions, even our physical body to the degree that it is possible, we must strive for its upkeep. So the Creator had to continue, has continued since day five to maintain all that He created. If He did not, then the world would head back into darkness and to chaos and utter ruin. Every child birthed into a family must be supported and provided for until he or she is able to support and take care of themselves. So it is true with God. The new creature within, God must must nourish, provide, keep, maintain, lest we go back to that condition we were in prior to salvation, which is not possible. But a Christian does not take anything for granted and know that I must finish the race. If God has started the building, God must finish, but then there are things that I do. Being confident of this, Paul said in Philippians 1.6, that he who hath begun a good work in you will perform it. You just remain faithful to God, and when you... Finish that last task that God has for you. And you have developed to that degree that God would have you develop. God will keep you up. Paul's confident that He, God, that hath begun this good work in us, will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. I have no confidence, absolutely no confidence in the flesh. I do not trust it. I lean upon the Lord. There is no form. Everything is void. And darkness is the beginning. But every nation will bring about its own destruction if it is left to itself. Paul said in Galatians 5, if you bite and devour one another, take heed lest you be consumed. You'll destroy yourself, he said. Would you look with me to to, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1? And let's, let's read a few verses a few verses there. First Peter 1, beginning with verse number 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, 
unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Grace began the good work in us. Grace will finish that. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which hath according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively or living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I go to the tomb over there, it's empty. It could not keep the body of my Lord. And by that resurrection, then God raises up all his children who in the beginning are dead in trespasses and sin. Same operation of the Spirit of God, of Jesus, that raised His body must be performed in ours to raise us from death into life. Now here's where God raised us. Raised us from death, sin, corruption, chaos, darkness, but He has raised us up to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Here's here's the key to all of that. Our finishing the race. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. God must keep, or I will not finish. God must continually be working within, lest I fall short. Through faith unto salvation. Now, we who hold to the Scripture firmly believe that once an individual is saved, that is, Eternally. But here's the thing. Many, many stop there. I got saved. But there's nothing happened to them from God. There's no change. There's no continual change in their life. Kept through faith unto. That means I have not yet arrived. I have not yet been completely saved. Though we were saved, we are being saved, and in the end we shall be saved unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Consider all the great world powers that there has been. You can go back to Israel And David, the second king, the one anointed of God, conquered Philistines, spread the kingdom of Israel far and wide. And then Solomon comes along and adds to that work. And then there was the Babylonian Empire, and the Medes, and the Persians, and finally Rome. All gone. No trace of them anymore in the world. 
And our nation is on the very brink of complete destruction, biting and devouring one another. Divisions on the right and on the left, and we know the end result. Where light once was, darkness now prevails. And think of the great churches. Ephesus, no weightier letter was ever written to a group of people than those at Ephesus. And at Rome, my, what great doctrines are set forth in the book of the Romans. Smyrna, Galatia, those at Philippi, a great light these were, a light shining on a hill, but no more. And America has been a beacon, has been a great light. We've sent missionaries far and wide. But my... How far down we've gone. Did God make darkness come upon these places? America. Was this the hand of God that has brought about all this? Not actively. God just left her alone. Leave a government, a nation, a church, or an individual alone, and darkness will enter. You remember what Christ said about the unclean spirit that went out of a man? He said, I'll go back to my original home. And he goes back and he takes with him seven more wicked, evil spirits. And he goes back into that habitation that he had. And Christ said, the latter state of that man is worse than the beginning. You can't reach a morally straight person. In their own eyes, they are right. They are not sinners. They, many of them, Say, they were saved. But how many evil spirits are dwelling in that cleaned up house of theirs? Our Lord said in John 12, yet a little while, is the light with you. The one thing that he required of all the children is that we walk while we have light. If we do not walk in the light as he is the light, then, he said, if you don't walk in the light you have, darkness is coming upon you again. Now there is a natural darkness ordained by God. On the fourth day of creation, when God brought into existence, made the sun, our earth was 
set on an axis spinning and every 12 hours, sometimes longer in summer, longer in winter, but normally, one side of our planet turns from the sun, which is no longer in view. That's of God. The shades are pulled down as the day's work ends, and the Lord has fixed for you the most relaxing condition that you can have for a good night's rest. God ordained that darkness for your rest. There is a darkness, that is it, that the Lord made for the children. There it is not dark because of rebellion or disobedience. But oftentimes God will bring us into darkness for the developing of our faith. It doesn't require faith when the sun is shining, when you're in the light. But when God brings darkness into your world, you can't see, you can only trust. There's a tremendous verse, Isaiah 50 and verse number 10. Who is among you that fear the Lord that obeys the voice of His servant and walks in darkness. Now that's a good testimony. The fear of God, the reverence of God is in His heart. He is obedient unto the servant that God has sent as a messenger to His soul. But He's in darkness and hath no light. God gave two things. Let him trust in the name of the Lord, and second of all, let him stay upon his God. That's a darkness brought about by God for the good of his children. There God gives direction. Don't try to do anything. Don't fret about it. Just trust in the name of the Lord and then stay upon your God. That word stay means to lean. I have no support. I am out of, of energy. I have no strength to war, to fight. The psalmist, or no, not the psalmist, I'm sorry. Solomon, in the Song of Solomon, looked out and he saw a woman coming up out of the wilderness. Who is this coming up out of the wilderness leaning on her beloved? She has no strength. She is in the wilderness, a wilderness journey which has reduced so much of her strength and her only way of escape, getting out of the wilderness, getting out of that darkness, is to lean upon the one that is all power. I, Isaiah 45, 3, I will give thee the treasures of darkness. That's God bringing 
the child, his children, into a darkness because that's where many, many valuable treasures are. I'll give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of the secret places. Don't you see that in our wilderness journey and it becoming very dark to us at times, if you'll be patient, lean upon the Lord, trust in the name of the Lord, and stay upon your God, you'll find great treasures in darkness. Unbelievable treasures and riches, hidden riches in secret places. Turn over with me uh, to Psalm 119, just a few chapters over. Psalm 119 and verse number 16. We're talking about God bringing His children into darkness. Not because they've sinned. Not because they've become disobedient, rebelled in any way. They were walking with God. They were striving, seeking for Him daily. But God just kind of left them for a little and they found themselves in much darkness. In Psalm 119, verse number 68, of our God, Thou art good. Now there's none good except what God does within us. But God is absolute goodness. Now bad people can perform good deeds and many often do. Then they'll go back to their bad deeds. But the character and the being of God never changes. I am the Lord thy God. I change not. And he said, now that you, you, you sons of Jacob, you're not consumed because I'm unchangeable. If I started a work in you, then I will finish that work. Now because the very being of God is good, not but one thing that can come from a being like this. Thou doest good. God cannot act contrary to His nature. Our Lord, I hope you know and believe the Scriptures when it teaches about God in sovereign control over all things. All things, no matter what it is, God's still in control. And being that powerful and controlling all things, and the very heart of God is love, love can do not one thing harmful to the person of His love, of her love. He being good. Impossible for God 
whatever comes your way, it's impossible for God to do anything but good. And there are sometimes in darkness, and the darkness so great, and the trial so heavy, and and uh, and the path so difficult, the afflictions come as as a flood in upon you. Seemingly, they would all but drown you. Now, the only thing you can do in those times is trust. God can't do wrong. God worketh all things after the counsel of His own will. The very heart of God being good, why should I not trust Him at all times and stay upon my beloved? He who gave Jesus Christ for us, how shall He not with Him or by Him freely give us all things? You'll never have a need that God won't supply. Sometimes it's not as quickly as you would like for it to be. Sometimes you, you would almost faint believing that God never will bring that about. But if He gave Jesus for you, how can He not give us freely all things? So you've got to get your eyes so focused on the character, the being, the nature, the heart of God, else you drowned in this dark day in which we live. Now Peter was walking on water. He was doing fine. But he began looking at the circumstances. Because of the strong wind blowing contrary to where he was headed and naturally producing high waves, Peter was brought to the place where he was thinking it's impossible. And sometimes you'll be there and you will say it's impossible for me to get out of this condition, and would all but despair when the eye is not focused and when the face of Jesus is not seen, despair could and will set in unless you are very diligent in an effort to prevent it. My heart and my flesh faileth me, Psalm 73, 26. They will fail me. Oftentimes they have, and I know they will again. But God is the strength of my heart. Just keep going back to Him. Stay upon your God. Trust. In the name of the Lord. He can do nothing but good because He is good for the children. He is in control of all things and it matters not how dark the hour might become or heavy the trials might be, God is still there. You, you have no sense of it. All you got left is just trust in the name of the Lord. His name, goodness. His name, mercy. His name, faithfulness. 
Psalm 16, 8, David said, I have set the Lord before me because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. There was a contemporary of of Charles Spurgeon and J.C. Ryle that I really, I really like this that I got from him. We do not train and discipline ourselves to see Him, he was speaking about God, in every event, in every circumstance and incident in life. We'll get to looking at the circumstance. And we don't train our eyes to stay focused. Here, looking at what we're in, what possibly lies ahead, the dangers that I might face tomorrow. And not, and not trained and disciplined ourselves to see Him in every event. Here we are not clear-sighted to recognize Him in all providence. That darkens our way. Where we, in our right mind, spiritual minds, we would have exclaimed every good and every evil that comes my way. You said, well, God can't do evil. No, but some of the things that God brings us through, it sure does seem evil to the old natural man. But if I could just keep my eye as I ought, and realize the Lord's in that, He brought it. He will see me through. God is faithful from beginning to end. And we have all must labor to be as Job. Why don't you just curse God and die? The only person he had left in the world that he could have derived any support from, she said to him, Just curse God. Die. Nothing better for you. And Job said, Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? That's a single eye. In such a difficult strait that God has has let the fence down and given him over to Satan for all this. But he remained true when she told him that. Woman, you think I'm just supposed to receive good from the hand of God all the time? It's not that God would ever send evil our way, but events often affect us in a bad way. There, at that point, there'll be times you find yourself in much darkness. Thou makest darkness. You open your Bible to read. There's no light there. You, you, you sit down on the pew and, and you strive to hear what's being said. But there's no light coming to your soul from the preached word. 
and you, and you go to the closet, and it seems as though the very ceiling prevents your prayers from passing through getting to the throne of God. But God made the darkness, and God made it only for your good. For God being good can't do anything but good, no matter how contradictory those might be at times. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good of God to those that love God, for the good of those that love God. All things work together for good that that loves God. I keep messing that verse up, but you know it. You've heard it many, many times. Folks have mentioned it to you. Everything works for my good, whether I perceive it or not at that moment. But there have been some dark times in my life that I did not think that I would ever get through them. I really had no desire to get through them. If I could have just gone and hidden myself from the world and everybody, I would have done it. But I wouldn't, take, I wouldn't take the world's riches for those treasures that I received in that darkness. Many times at night that I, I, I would search the scriptures. I just needed a verse. I needed something. No light there. I'd read this one and that one. No light. Good men of ages gone by good expositors of the Word of God, but there was no light for me. But there were great treasures, gems found there. You know how a pearl is made? A genuine, not artificial. A pearl is made. That little oyster gets something between its outer covering and its skin, and it irritates. Like we, when we have something in our eye, they will begin watering, and we'll try to flush it out. That's all, that's all the little oyster is trying to do, and just keep secreting to cover up that, or wash it out, until... It has lost its life in trying to get rid of that. That's a pearl made in darkness. Or a diamond in great pressure, heat and pressure underneath the earth are the rare jewels. How God has formed them. And they're there for you if you will be patient when in darkness. Can you name one thing, one solitary thing that falls outside the bounds of the all in Romans 8, 28? All things. There's nothing. With this and the God of such a comprehensive term, 
directly in focus, in my eyes, in focus, the darkness shall pass one day, and when it is gone, there will have been a good work performed within. Staying in Psalm 119, look with me to verse number 130. Psalm 119, 130. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Now where must the entrance of God's words be in his children? Not in our heads as we read. But I've got, it's got to pass through my head, but it must go reach my heart. And when, and when the Word of God, the entrance reaches my heart, it giveth understanding unto the simple. There were none better in knowing the Scriptures than the scribes, the chief priests, and the Pharisees. And when the king wanted to find out where the Christ child was born, he gathered all the chief priests and the scribes together and demanded of them where Christ would be born. Without any hesitation, they quoted, quoted Micah 5, 2. Thou, Bethlehem of Judah, though you're the smallest of all, yet out of thee shall he come forth. They had it in their heads, but it didn't mean anything in their hearts. And when the two, when the two on the Emmaus road were joined by the resurrected Christ, he beginning At Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them things concerning himself. And they said, Did not our hearts burn within as he talked with us by the way? It was his words, but it was his words passing into their heart. To those that reject the light of His Word, there never will be the possibility of it entering their hearts. And it is only there, only in your heart, that this book can benefit or prosper you. Now you've got a mind, but it's, it's attached to a fallen nature. But within our hearts, God has created a new being. And it is there that the Word must feed and nourish us. If it doesn't, and we reject it, 
I'm not having that. Show somebody directly from Scripture. I'm not having that. My God's not like that. The next time you see them, they won't even want to discuss Scripture with you at all. They have formed a God in their own imagination. God being like them. And when men and women do that, and will not yield to the, to the, to the Scriptures, to the authority of Scriptures, then that will bring about a lasting darkness throughout their life. There come a point when God is through and God gives them over to a reprobate mind and they enter into that darkness. They could have had light. How oft would I have gathered you, Jesus said as He wept there on the mount looking down over Jerusalem. But ye would not, and darkness set in. And it wasn't many years after until Jerusalem was leveled. If you enter darkness here, and you walk throughout life in that, You're headed into that eternal darkness which comes upon every individual and upon every nation that rejects the Word. You don't have to, you can say, well, I I believe most of it. You reject the other part then. Darkness. The wicked shall be turned into hell, Psalm 9.17, and all nations that forget God. Could you not in the, in the, could you, could you say that we as a nation were founded for, from good men? Not all our forefathers were Christians. Not all those that came up with the, the Declaration of Independence were Christian, but they were good men. They were looking out for the well-being of the nation as a whole. And we have that marvelous document. But we, we turn from God. We started turning a little over a century ago. And I sat under old men that told me what was going to be. But of course, as a young minister, I didn't believe that. My soul, how right they were. And you and I live in a land of darkness. We, as a people, have forgotten God. And... We're on the very brink of hell itself. For a person or a nation to forget could only mean that at one time in their life they had knowledge of God. 
It was in their head. How much? I do not know. But to forget someone, you had to at least have an idea of who that being is or was. One of Mr. Barnard's classics. When the lights go out on the road to hell. Now I won't ask you to turn back because time is time is drawing short. I read Psalm one hundred four twenty to you. God causes darkness. And then he said, And it's night. And guess what happens? All the beasts of the forest and of the fields come out. Now that's true in a natural sense. Especially if you do not live in a large metropolis. You can hear all kinds of animals at night in the dark. But we as children are looking for the spiritual in everything that God has given us in this book. The beast shall come out. 1 Corinthians 15.32, the great apostle said, I have fought with the beast at Ephesus. He wasn't talking about four-legged creatures. He was talking about men that opposed him. Jews hear about God beginning a good work where He was, and they'd come down there and stir up the city against them. Or He cast out the devil of one that was, that was making a fortune for her owners. We have to get rid of Him. Those were men acting from a beastly nature. John 3.19, this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world. And men love darkness. Why? They think under the cover of night. They think that in darkness God cannot see. Our society won't know about it. Most of them could care less now whether God sees or not. They are intent on going to hell and you can't, you can't reach them because their deeds are evil. Men love darkness. And the darker the times become, the greater the wickedness will abound because beasts roam at night. Are we not seeing that today? I'm not going to get into some political debate. I'm just saying that's our nation. We forgot God and He's turning us into hell. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. 
Paul told Timothy what was coming in his lifetime. Folks, it wasn't, it wasn't many years after John wrote the Revelation or Paul in the, in, being instrumental in the formation of the seven churches in Asia. It wasn't long until all all evidence of a church ever being in Ephesus was gone. It's getting that way here. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Proverbs 14. Who would ever have imagined that this great nation would ever get to the place of lawlessness. I knew that it would be one day because Scripture tells us it has happened to every nation. I just didn't believe it would ever be in my lifetime. Even up to five years ago. But I should have seen the beginning of Fifty years ago, the beginning of our end. But lawlessness abounds. Wicked people spreading hate and lies. They just as soon lie to you as, as do anything. And we've got news media that you can't get truth from. They're either leaning to the, to the far left or leaning to the far right. Could it be because the Almighty has brought darkness? Darkness brings out evil beasts. In the great revivals, how light would spring up in cities, islands, the Hebrides. Affected about everyone, everyone there. But God's not working now, children. You better hold dear. When God has something to say to you. Amos 3.6. And this, this would be hard. Unless you're just given completely to. God said it. Therefore it must be true. Can there be evil in the city? And the Lord hath not done it. One thing that all of us know or should know is that God cannot sin. God cannot do evil. He does not sin, nor does He ever tempt man to sin. But what He does, the city, He just gave them up, and they're evil. Now it comes back to God just leaving them alone. And man's going to corrupt everything about Him. 
One thing we all know, our God's holy, cannot be the author of evil or wickedness. But it takes nothing more for God to do than leave them alone. If God leaves you alone or me, my fallen nature is going to carry me down to destruction. But you said you were a Christian. Yeah, but remember, I am not yet completely saved. I have hope that I am being saved. But if God gave me up after striving to walk with the Lord for over a half a century, if God gave me up, I know where I'd be. And there's not any difference. Dear, dear ones, the only difference in any of us and the most wicked, vile person that has ever lived, the only difference is grace. You've heard, you've heard parents say, well, my son was saved when he was five or six, but he fell in with the wrong crowd and he hasn't been in church in 40 years. Do you honestly believe that God has a child, has a child that can live in disobedience? No, parents are just comforting themselves. The crowd didn't make their boy. It just brought out what had been in him all the time. And had he been converted at six, he would still be striving to serve the Lord at 46. But if God gives one up, then the end, complete darkness, is just around the next corner. Be certain of your calling and election. Lest God give you up. But do not fear you, weak ones who often tremble at the thought of God leaving you alone or you ending up in hell. I've never met one on the road to eternal destruction that had any thought or concern about where he or she was headed. Just walk with the Lord and labor with the little light that you have. And God will bring you into greater light. May the Lord bless you.